Today on The Breakdown, we are looking at a hand from the two all-time biggest money winners in poker history, Justin Bonomo and Daniel Negreanu. They're playing a 100K super high roller at the PCA this year. That's January 2018. And they play a hand. Oh, boy, do they play a hand. We're going to talk about it right now on The Breakdown with Grant Dennison and Jonathan Levy. You didn't even do the correct overused phrase. You said, I know. oh boy, instead of boy, oh boy. I know. I'm, I'm switching it up. It's pretty sweet, right? You never know. To, you, can't, you can't plan for me. You can't expect things. You right, don't you're, know what's coming. You're hyperbalanced. Exactly. Hyperbalanced like Justin Bonomo. Just like him. He balances his hair color. It's always pink. How is that balanced? It's not always pink. That's how. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah. You own me. Yeah. The... We've talked about this topic on this podcast before, but I want to talk about it a little bit more. Okay. Have a little bit of a just fun thing to think about with the money winning thing. Obviously, mm. it's all kind of bullshit. Yes. It's all just like people are getting put into these tournaments. You know, Justin Bonomo has not made $26 million in 2018. Correct. Um, he's made a lot of money, but not that. Right. So I don't think there's any way for us to know, but I would be curious to know who's the actual biggest money winner of all time. In both tournament and... Ca- I mean, cash is almost impossible. There's no way yeah. to know. If we just did tournament. Yeah, okay. like, I Yeah, mean, that'd be very interesting. Maybe to like Martin figure. Jacobson, because he won $10 million in the main, and he probably... Oh, I'm sure he brought himself, himself yeah. into that, yeah. Yeah, I think it's someone who won the main who clearly had all of themselves in the main is a good starting point. Anyway, or, now, J- Jacobson probably did swap out, but only like smaller pieces, right? Or maybe Elton Sang. Oh, um, maybe Elton Sang. That's interesting, because yeah. he won the one drop, and he probably did have all of himself, yeah. right? Yeah. Wow, I wouldn't have thought of either one of those guys off the top of my head, but they're both pretty reasonable guesses anyway. I mean, it could still be Justin Bonomo. Like, well, the thing is, as Bonomo continues through this year, he's even though he hasn't had all of himself. I mean, how much is he up this year? Like sixteen million dollars or something? like that? Twenty-six million in earnings this year. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And profit is probably something like I'm going to guess eighteen million or something. Yeah. Right. Maybe yeah. more, but something like yeah. that. Um, so, and, and of the profit, he gets some piece of that. Let's assume he's, uh, he's personally up $7 million or $8 million. It's right? more than $18 million. I mean, it's really hard yeah, to, to have $8 million, $8 million in buy-ins, of right. buy-ins. I'm just trying to be conservative with yeah. that. You're right. Um, it's like $22 or $23 million probably. Okay. Um, call, call it $22. I mean, just from the World Series alone, you know, there's like $2.5 million in buy-ins for the big, the big ro- yeah. super roller guys. But still, let's call it, tw- let's call it $20 million. Who cares? Okay. Let's say Bonham has got 40% of himself through all of that. All right, so I don't know if we're eight, under, we may gets, be being conservative, but he's got $8 million to his name. At some point, he just starts buying himself into these hundred. Right. Games, also, he? he has previous results that like a, a lot of those, he had all of them. Of course. Of course. He, he had a very good online career, you know, as mm-hmm. well that should be included in this, obviously. Oh, of course. And he's won other tournaments before this year and things like that, too. Um, yeah, just and we were saying he he's the all time money winner. He actually has forty three million all time in uh, earnings in terms of poker tournaments, at least according to Hendon Mob. Forty three million one hundred seventy eight thousand dollars this year. Oh, six compared to six months ago is what they do. He's up uh, eighteen million dollars. He went from he zoomed up six from sixth to first just in the past six months because that's the kind of year it's been. So that's he's crazy. a he's a reasonable candidate to actually be the guy who has the most money, even though. It's, the, it's kind of a bullshit stat. He could actually still be the all-time money winner. Like, I doubt he's buying himself into the Super High Roller Bowl, which was 300K. He right. probably doesn't have all of himself there, but if there's 100Ks, he really might be buying himself in right he might, now. Yeah. Because he's like, why would I be giving away all this money? Like, I'm giving away 60% of myself. Like, I'm just throwing away money when I can afford it. It's no, yeah. Like, I can burn through $2 million and then these people will always stake me anyway. It's not like he's ever going to be out of action. Nope. So, and then he can, and he can make sure he never loses that final $6 million, you know, or whatever it is. Like, I would be buying. I would definitely be putting myself in it if I was him, and anything reasonable anyway, mm-hmm. like the hundred Ks for sure. Especially the ones where it's like you know twenty percent businessmen. Exactly. Like, yeah. Where you have where you feel it isn't just you're running well, but you have a clear yeah. edge. Like why not? This is the time to gamble a little bit, right? Because you can really afford to speculate. You know, he's yeah. got six, seven suit, and he's uh, three hundred blinds deep. Of course, he's going to call on the button, kind of a thing. <laughs> yeah, it's basically his yeah. spot. So I think it's probably either him or Jacobson or somebody like Elton Sang. Yeah, those are all pretty reasonable. Hey, um, I was mentioning the all-time money list here. So we know number one, of course, is Justin Bonomo. Number two is Daniel Negreanu. And that's going to be the players in the hand we talk about. Which is pretty cool. Negreanu has got, got almost $40 million in live earnings. So I got the top 10 in front of me. How many more of the top 10 can you name and go? Fedor. He's number four. 
Eric Seidel. He's number three. Very good. Uh, Dan Coleman. That's number five. You're doing fantastic. You're Anto- Antonio Esfandiari. That was the easy one. Number six. Sam Trickett. He is not in the top ten. That was the first one. I was like, he's going to guess Trickett for sure. Trickett is, is 18, actually. Really? Yeah. Okay. So you still um, got, um, you got the top six. So you got four guys left. Vogelsang? Vogelsang is not in the top ten either. Vogelsang is not in the top 20. Esfandiari? I already said Esfandiari. Yep, you did. Uh, Martin Jacobson? Nope. Martin Jacobson, also not in the top 20. Wow. This is crazy. Vogel saying, by the way, is 21. Uh, I'm trying to... Th- Give I'm... you a Martin Jacobson, 28. It's not Ola Shemian, is it? No. Shemian, not in the top 20. Either not in the top 30. It's not like... It can't be like Jake Schindler. Nope. Schindler's in the top 20, but not... He's 16 overall. All right, I'll give you... Is Ivy in there? Ivy's number seven. Ivy's that was, the, that was going to be my hint to you. I was like, there's, there's one guy you're gonna, you, like, you should not work so hard on. The other three are just... Let's not do this anymore because okay. it's guys who... You're like, oh, yeah, sure, but it, there's a whole bunch of guys like who, that. Who are they? They are Dan Smith. Oh, yeah. Bryn Kenny. Steve O'Dwyer. Oh, O'Dwyer's been crushing it. Yeah. O'Dwyer is, yeah, picked up uh, $3.5 million just this year in earnings uh he's moved up dan smith by the way six million he went from 16th to eighth in the last six months so those are new new guys in the top 10 uh john juwanda just fell out of the top 10 he was seventh six months john ago. juwanda was that high yes that's scott, a surprise scott siever was 10th juwanda's got to be the biggest surprise out of ever, all of these things though, yeah right like how in the world and kuhn has been on a tear too by the way kuhn is up almost 10 million dollars in the last six months and he's wow. up to 15th and juwanda he won like the World Series of Poker Europe main one year, but that was not for that much money compared to these guys. He's just been around forever and he's won stuff consistently, just more a consistent, or less. I guess he's pretty good. You, you know? know, he's definitely good. I, I mean, he's not at these guys' level, I don't think. I don't believe. And so he's not winning as much, but he still wins even now and is still a formidable opponent, I think, for sure. It's interesting. Yeah. It's interesting to see how it all changes but like of course that top 10 list is basically meaningless because of what we're talking about of course like you yeah. win you win the one drop guess what yeah dan coleman is not actually on the top 10 list i'm 100 percent sure about that dan coleman of like actual money oh i see what you're saying of course yeah. not right yeah of course i mean the actual money list is going to look pretty different yeah of course this is what we're saying yeah um, Negreanu might have a fair amount of himself, too, yeah, for yeah. a lot of these things, either because he's buying himself in, because he gets maybe the best deals of anybody. Also, PokerStars, when they became a sponsor, I think bought him into kind of the whole world. And I don't know if they were buying him in 100Ks, but they might have been. If you recall, there was, a, there was a 100K Daniel was in where he was upset because the last card off the deck rule, where he was oh, like yeah. not officially in his seat. He was standing like right by his seat, and they mucked his hand. And he was so upset about it, that he just went all in blind the next hand, got busted and bought himself back in, like, wow. in 100K. There was no reason to do that. Yikes. He just, like, like, basically, I had a little tantrum there or something. Like, really he's, strange. He's prone to little tantrums every once in a while. I mean, that's like a 100K tantrum for no... Talk about lighting money on fire, which, by the way, is <laughs> our podcast, our sports betting podcast that comes out every Tuesday night or Wednesday morning. Got to check that out. We have our best bets. We talk about the NFL and the NBA. We're funny. We do crazy things. Grant might start drinking while we do it. It's Gotta possible. check it out. Someone just posted a, a positive review, actually, on iTunes, I think, oh, about that's it. Friendly. And they said they were upset with us. Maybe upset's a strong word. Because we hadn't been mentioning lighting money on fire on this podcast so they didn't know about it and they only just discovered it oh so sorry lighting money on fire it's better than this podcast grant grant absolutely thinks it is i think it, you know i think it's a pretty good podcast so i don't know man i love all, i love all our babies man all our babies all my babies they're not really our babies <laughs> <laughs> that gets a little weird so anyway um so yeah just to end that discussion guys who i think are probably in the top 10 that aren't anywhere near that list oh, yeah. like joe mckeehan i bet he's in the top 10 of actual oh, money because he actually probably got all of himself or nearly all of himself yeah. in the main and then he's still been like crushing it which i'm sure he has he all has. of himself and all the stuff i mean still- he probably does normal swapping percentages yeah. with his like really good friends i know jonathan tomoyo for example i played with him uh i don't i think it was two years ago at the world series i think it was yeah it was and uh he uh was saying how joe mckeehan like busts every like in the first level, so many World Series events. Basically, yeah. it was laughing about it because they, it was clear they swapped some percent. He just goes for it, I guess. Yeah, I mean, when it works, it works really well. So yeah, yeah. All right, let's actually get to the hand. Yes, was suggested by a fair amount of people. Four four mm-hmm. suggestors that we found. Carl with a K. It's been a while, Carl. He's been tweeting at us a, for a lot, but. We haven't done a Carl suggested hand for a while. I feel. Yeah, welcome back to the fold, sir. Welcome back. To the fold. I thought you were doing a welcome back. I was gonna, for a second. but then I started doing a different thing. Yeah. Uh, Mike Frederick, Alex Trembath, 
Isaac Carlisle. These are all like yeah. superstar suggestors. Like you know? Hall of Famers. Yeah. Yeah. So you know what? You guys, you're earning your keep in the Hall of Fame. Can we just talk about this for one second? I don't want to spend, I don't want to go off on a rant here. About, about the binding of Isaac? No. That was, that's <laughs> a, like from a year and a half ago, yeah. but a classic, a truly classic moment from, from us, uh, from this podcast. Uh, Hall of Fame. Why would it ever be called the Hall of Fame? It's not the Hall of Fame. It's the Hall of Greatness, right? The Hall of Fame. Yeah. Really, and I bet you even hear sometimes people say it's not the Hall of Very Good. It's the Hall of Fame. We're right. talking about like certain players getting in. But that would be, it's not the Hall of Very Good. It's the Hall of Greatness, right? The Hall of Fame is supposed to be about how famous you are. It obviously isn't. But it's a super weird thing that for some reason we continue to call things. We should come up with better titles. That is all. Yeah. If it was the Hall of Fame, Ray Carruth would be in it, right? <laughs> there you go. Yeah. There you go. There's lots of guys. He hate me should be in the Hall of yeah. Fame, right? You know, but that's not how we do it. Well, that's for lighting money on fire. I know. Discussion. I know. I just, since you mentioned Hall of Fame. All right. So thanks, guys. They, of course, suggested on Twitter where they frequently suggest because they're Hall of Famers. Yes. We are, of course, the poker guys on Twitter. You can find us very easily. Just search yeah. for us. Hall of Greatnessers, I guess. Y- yes. Yeah. It doesn't, it doesn't really roll off the, the tongue. Hall no. of Greatnessers. So Greatnessers. Hall of is, Famers really sounds good. But I guess Hall of Greatnesser would be. That would be a, a word that you could use if it was called the Hall of Greatness. Maybe. Maybe. Or maybe there would be a name for it, which is different. There's there'd never, be some other nickname. But there's no other instance in which you use the word famer. Yeah. But the thing is, famer sort of is like rolls off the mouth. Because you're, greatne- used, it's because you're used to it. It's because you're used to it. I don't think so. Greatness, sir? The ness is really messing me up. I think you're just not used to it. Nah. I think you're wrong. But we'll you know, say it a bunch. Maybe I'll get used to it. Anyway, let's Hall continue. Hall of Greatness, sir. Okay. So there are 10 remaining in this tournament, but that's not as exciting as it sounds because. Right. We started with 48. Yeah, so we're still a, a bit of a ways away from the There's money. Either four to six players get paid. We're not sure. I mean, sure. look, they can smell the money for sure yeah. at this point, but they're not there, right? I can actually find out maybe how many people can get paid as we go through All this. All right, but we know that there it. aren't going to be any real, like, ICM is not going to be a major factor in any decisions here. Also, for these two guys, the, the biggest winners of all time, it's even less of a thing for them, you know, like yeah. than, some of the, than maybe some of the other people who might be left at the table. So, yeah, I don't, I don't think they're going to worry, but they're going to sweat too much about making an extra 100K. As we know, Daniel is like, I'm going to go on blind because I don't care. 100K yeah. on fire. Yeah. Um, so with 10 remaining, I actually want to do one more quick aside because oh, okay. it's fun. So uh, what are your overall thoughts uh, from a couple different angles of the clear change Negrano has made to his table persona over the last year and a half or so to try to keep up with the, the big boys? You know, like his what got him to the position he's in was his like happy go lucky table persona where he was like kind of giving away information a lot, but in a way that worked for him at least for a while. Mm -hmm. And then he started losing in these super high rollers and he completely decided, he decided like, okay, I have to actually like mimic these other guys and be quiet and have the stern look on my face and not be the fun day on the grinder that got me, you know, however many millions of dollars poker stars gives me every year or whatever it is. Yeah. I mean, he'd still, I noticed he is, he'll still do that. He'll still do that. Excuse me with um, amateurs and lower, players like lower tier players yeah he'll like talk to them and stuff and laugh and joke about the hand in the middle of the hand but he does not do that like with justin bonomo in this hand at all which is right? wise of course yeah no no he gives away nothing um and he he's i mean i think that's smart i think that's what he's supposed to be doing i don't think i don't think him talking is going to help him because they know not to respond so he's just going to be giving them information never getting information unlike if he's talking to a bunch of other players like uh you know um I can't think of the guy's name right now, but he's, he's a businessman. One of the, one of the many businessmen. Terry even Katz. Terry, Terry Katz, Bill Klein, someone yeah. like that. Um, even though they're pretty good and they may sort of know not to talk. When Daniel DeGrunner talks to you and is smiling, all that, it's hard not to respond. Yeah. And yeah. it takes like real discipline, believe it or not. And uh, this is true, by the way, in poker in general. Like you kind of, we're, just, we're so trained to respond as humans in, in culture that like it's weird not to, even though you're absolutely should not respond yeah. to anyone who knows what they're doing in these spots. Um, so they like are going to give away information and Daniel can probably not give anything away to them either or like give them the wrong information, you know, as he likes to do a lot, you know, like yeah. oh, I put you on Kings here as he's bluffing, you know, right. um, stuff like that, which isn't going to work against Bo- Bonomo. Now, of course, he could triple reverse it, blah, blah, blah. But if you're not sure, you know, if, if, you, if, you, if then it's just flipping a coin, if you're triple reversing, you hope sure. Bonomo gets on the right side of the level versus like where against certain amateurs, you can make push them to one side of the level very clearly that you want them to be on. And it's like, oh, I can totally get them to do just what I want them to do. Right. So from a strategic standpoint, I am in agreement with you that it's clearly the right move for Negrano to be changing his persona this way. Yeah. How do you feel about it from like a poker community and entertainment standpoint? Okay, that's a good question. Well, I'll say this. I actually think there are many times, and I've just been watching a bunch of EPT 
uh, on the PokerStars channel on YouTube. So like all the old EPT stuff from like 2011 to 2013 when they had it every week. Yeah. So Negreanu was on it a lot. Negreanu was often way out of line. And by out of line, I don't mean like he's saying things that are rude or anything like that. He's almost never doing that. But he actually is often talking in three-way pots and saying things he absolutely shouldn't be saying. Right. And he gets away with it all the time. And he even did it, if you recall, um, in the World Series. Remember when Justin Schwartz was super out of line with Negreanu? Yeah, yeah, of course. But Negreanu was also being out of line throughout that World Series. And they let him do it. Not as bad as Justin Schwartz, but really over the line and, and affecting things. And Negrano knows he's really not supposed to do that, but since they let him get away with it, he's going to push his edge, right? Right. You got to believe that's what's going on. And the World Series wants him to do it because it's entertaining. ESPN, everyone wants him to do it except the players at the table who it's hurting, right? And the people it's hurting are guys like Max Steinberg or something like that. Guys who are not in the hand right now, but they know, like, when Negrano's talking three ways, it's going to help Negrano and hurt the other players. And you don't want Negrano with more chips. You want the bad players with more chips. Right. So it's like really not okay. But at the same point, Steinberg knows if he calls for the floor here, he's going to look like the dick on national television. Negrano's going to look like the hero. Norman Chad's going to defend, you know, all these things are going to come out. It's, it's also going to be bad for the game. And so he's like going to stay out of the way. But it's not cool. And if honestly, I would, I would call the floor at this point if Negrano was doing three-way talking. Like I would do that. Like I don't care. Um, but, but I get why Max Steinberg might choose not to. You know what I mean? So I like that he's not doing that kind of stuff so much. But I think you do want him to still be entertaining. Like right. you want that, that, that like childlike innocent thing that he does, which right. is really fun and sweet and does make the game just less robotic is important to have if you're doing television. Yeah. I mean, it's inevitable that in a game like poker where there's so much, so much depth of knowledge that can be learned as a community over time, it's inevitable that over time it'll become less entertaining to the layman because those new tactics will be applied and, in poker specifically, the tactic that is applied now is GTO, which, you know, people actually have a reason for three betting now with a bad hand. They're like, this yes. is one of instead of just like, I felt like it with queen six for no reason. That's And that's what it always was, clearly. Yeah. If, you watch, yeah. if you go back and even watch 2011, 2012 stuff, as I've been watching, they're three betting, four betting, five betting with junk for absolutely no reason except because. It's right. clearly just because. But and I'm it's just horrible. generally concerned about the entertainment level of poker yeah. with the proliferation of GTO. And like, mm-hmm. it's, it's more like chess now. Like, it's a little bit just less fun. There's less exploit. There's less Negreanu yeah. talking to amateurs during hands, you know? There's all of that Something stuff. is lost in that. I don't disagree. Um, at the same point, poker was... If you think about poker on TV, back in the day, it was mostly, like, pretty bad TV. Also, the poker was, for the most part, because it was often, you know, a lot of all-ins pre-flop. Like, people weren't very deep a lot of the times on TV. So we weren't seeing, like, a lot of post-flop interesting play anyway. True. Now, when we, we do see more post-flop play, but it's not very interesting mostly, right? It's mostly check, call, check, check. You know, not very much raising. Well, this is going to be an interesting post-flop play in this hand. Yeah, that, absolutely. What. This yeah. is a great hand for this is a great hand for TV, even though no one's saying anything interesting. Yeah. It's still great. All right, let's get to it. Let's get to it. But first, let's talk about Nitrogen Sports Poker Room. Yes. And I got to tell you something. Do it. They made... An, a new ad that's going to be on the next series of Poker Time. Yeah. And uh, holy shit is all I got to say about that. It is. We were unsure that the Nitrogen was listening to these ads because we yes. were just getting away with everything. Saying, We've been saying some pretty wacky stuff on our podcast ads for Nitrogen. <laughs> I'll tell you what. They've been listening. Yeah. <laughs> and they so they made an ad using our voices from a podcast ad and making our mouths in a still frame move yeah. with us doing the ad about the nitrogen train yes and also questioning whether nitrogen listens to the ads or not it's part of the ad is us saying no one's listening and we can do crazy ads it doesn't matter it's actually in the it's a video ad. it's in the video we tweeted it out today which is the day we're recording this podcast is this so probably two days ago we tweeted it out Mm. three days ago right and it's worth watching because it's creepy and weird and funny. It's really... I've watched it three times just for my own personal entertainment. Now, <laughs> I have a pretty big stake in it, I'll admit, in that it's me and you and it's our faces and our voices. But, I mean, it's really funny. And yeah. I sent it to a few friends who don't, who aren't poker players and don't care and stuff like that. And they were both really excited about it and wrote, wrote back how awesome it was. One, like, watched it and that wanted me to send it to him after I'd shown it to him, like... It's just a really funny... It's, it's a great ad. It's a great ad. Anyway, so let's, worth do, watching. let's do an actual ad instead of an ad for oh, an ad. Okay. You know? So Nitrogen Sports Poker Room, of course, is a place that you can play poker. Yes, that's one of the things. It's Bitcoin only. That's two of the you things. You know what's good about that with Nitrogen specifically is that your withdrawals happen pretty fast, man. Yeah. Like 90 minutes. Yeah, you know, on a, one of those other competing sites, I've learned, if you try and take out... Even if you get paid in Bitcoin... 
48 hour processing time before they send it out as opposed to nitrogen no processing time baby 90 minutes 90 minutes put that in your pipe and smoke it smoke it good <laughs> smoke it on that nitrogen train because yeah. if you use the link in the description of this podcast when you sign up for nitrogen you get access to our monthly tournament yes also there might be new stuff cooked up in the future and you only get access to that if you use the link in the description yeah you can't sign up now and then sign up later with that either you got to do it now sign up with that thing Got to sign up with the thing. Yeah, <laughs> the link. It, Do the, it. That, that link will expire um, when the universe expires. But heat death. Still, there's <laughs> expiration date, so you yeah. got to get on that. And you know quick. what's important, and no one talks about this on the nitrogen sports poker train. Yeah, there's one person who no one ever brings up because it's sort of an assumed thing, I guess. But okay. if you don't know about the train, you may not know. Okay, the nitrogen sports poker clown. He walks in, he walks out, he's got his juggling balls. What are you talking he's about? Funny. He's got he paints up his face in these wonderful colors. His shoes are too big for his feet. He's a really funny guy. Really funny guy. You gotta check that out. <laughs> yeah. Clowning around. Good good use of resources by nitrogen. Not only the clown, but also <laughs> hiring you to do a nitrogen sports. Whatever, program. man. As long as you know, as long as the kitty keeps getting filled. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get to the hand. Okay. So we got 10 out of the 48 players remaining in this okay. 100K. It's 10K, 20K blinds. By the way, um, seven players got paid in this. So okay. three off the money. Paid a little bit higher percentage than, than normal. Um, I suppose so, yeah. Maybe because it's a super high roll and it's Maybe. so few people they want to just, uh, I don't know why, but that's what they chose. All seven right, so Negreanu's got two million, so he's starting with 100 blinds. Okay, great. And uh, he's in the small blind to Bonomo's big blind. And Negreanu is going to raise pretty big with Jack Ada Spades to 75K. Yep. This is a blind versus blind and probably out of position against a good player adjustment. Right? Absolutely. Oh, this is, yeah, this is like, I'd, I'd be shocked if he's doing this against Kerry Katz. Right. But against Justin Bonomo, he's trying to punish Bonomo for calling a lot because Bonomo is going to call a lot of the time in position when they're this deep. And so he's saying it, you have, it's going to cost you more. So you, you can't just call with anything. It also makes it harder for Bonomo to three bet. Yep. It's more expensive to three bet. And uh, the whole thing, it, it's, it's a cool adjustment. I like it. And it's something that I think about. Whenever I'm playing against better players anyway who are in the big blind, I often will size it up a bit more. Although 4X is, is an exciting sizing that we rarely see from great players. Yeah. So I'm, I'm kind of thrilled that he's doing it. It's actually. a clear adjustment. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Bonomo has almost as much as Negreanu. He's got 1.92 million. Mm-hmm. And he has a hand that he could consider three betting, certainly. He's got king, queen off, king of spades, queen of clubs. Yes. He decides just to call. Um, I mean, it, it sort of makes sense, right? I mean, you make yeah. it 11 blinds. And now you make it 220,000, which is a reasonable three betting size in this spot, right? Yeah. Something like that. Um, and then if Negreanu doesn't fold, we're like, uh, what is going to happen now? <laughs> it's like, I guess I hope he folds on the flop or I flop a yeah. top pair and he doesn't have me beat, you know? Like, it's like not ideal. Like, and of course, if we get four bet, we now put in a lot more of our stack than we normally would have. Right. So, so it's, it's not comfortable. And this is, this hand, of course, plays really well in position anyway as a call. Yeah, king-queen is kind of like a classically difficult hand to maneuver once you three-bet and you don't get folds. And, and we don't need to three-bet here to like fold out a better hand or anything like that. Is we're going to be way ahead of Negreanu's range. even when Right, and even we're when kind of turning the hand into a bluff if we three-bet. We we're, absolutely We're are. kind of not blind versus blind. But we I mean, I guess we could get called by a worse hand. Like if Negreanu has king-jack, it's going to be really hard for him just to fold. Yeah, right? or if he has jack-10 suited, he's yeah, not going to fold. Yeah, queen-10 suited. There's some of these hands, but a lot of these hands he's going to fold. Like most of his kings and queens, like if he has king eight suited, he's probably just going to throw it away when we're yeah, yeah. 220,000. He's right? going to fold that. Yeah, and King Jack, he's not going to love. You know, and he might even decide it's not good enough to call with. I have to four better fold it, which isn't what we want him to do with King Jack. You know, no. either one of those is like we don't mind him folding, of course, but we'd prefer for him to, and we don't want him, but we hate him four betting because we're probably going to fold ourselves, and now it's a disaster. Yeah. Yeah, it's. I'm, I assume Justin Bonomo has some three bets in him with this hand against Negreanu. Yeah. I mean, he's a very right. balanced player. I'm sure he does, but I like that. He, I like you, you can't three bet this all the time against Negreanu here. Yeah, and I like. I like not. I actually really like calling in this spot. Yeah, and that's what he does. Yeah. Of course, he's going to be balanced in other ways. Like he's going to call with two aces sometimes here. I'm sure. Yeah, and in much worse hands as well. Mm-hmm. You know, five six suited hands like that. Um, so the pot is now 165k. We are blind versus blind. Coolio. He's Love pretty, that guy. Yeah. He, Gangsta's Paradise. His, he, yeah. He's good at singing about that gangster's paradise. Coolio was smart because he took a word, cool. Yeah. And he made himself just famous enough that now when people often, instead of saying cool, will say his name. And it's free branding. It's free advertising for so long. Everybody does it. It's amazing. It's such a ridiculous name. 
<laughs> Coolio. <laughs> Come on, man. But brilliant. I yeah. just said his name just because, right? Super smart. I'm going to change my name to like Smartio. That's smart- going to work really Smart-io. well. Smartio. Because people just say smart. I guess they do. But yeah. No one would say smartio. Maybe if you, maybe if you're a famous musician, they would. I'm going to be a famous musician soon enough. I'm waiting you for that You heard me day. sing earlier, and it was pretty good. <sighs> I'll just say this. I saw A Star is Born, and I was like, Gaga is good. Grant, Grant better. Grant Grant is better. Grant could really, Grant could really nail this song. Yeah. In a way that Gaga can't. <laughs> <laughs> okay, anyway. 165K on the pot. Negrano's got Jack Eight of Spades. Bonomo's got King of Spades, Queen of Clubs. They are deep. They started with about 100 blinds effective. Yeah. Flop is six of clubs, deuce of spades, seven of spades. Beautiful. Bingo, bango. Love it. For poker's sweetheart, Daniel Negreanu. Yeah. So that's a pretty good flop. Yeah. So there's a couple ways you can go about this as Negreanu. Mm-hmm. Especially against Bonomo, you're going to want to vary your play sometimes. The standard thing is to see bet, obviously. Yeah. What do, you, what do you think are the best options here for Negreanu, sizing-wise and whether or not he bets? I think mostly we should bet this hand. Okay. We've got really good equity. It's possible Justin will check back some of his. If we check, he's just going to check back a lot of hands. Anyway, some hands we'd really like him to fold. Do we you believe know? we have a range advantage here? Um, I think we do. I think we point. have the over pairs, which gives us a range advantage, I guess. Yeah, we have the range. We have the over pairs. We actually have sets of sevens, which I guess Bonwell can have, but we're more likely to have. Yeah. Um, same with sets of sixes. Um. I think we have a range advantage. Justin probably has more open-enders and stuff like that than we do. But we may both have a similar amount of those yeah. things. Because maybe, maybe we're playing all of our eight nines like this. Yeah. Anyway, so possible. then actually, so maybe it's all the same. Uh, I think we have a range advantage. Okay. So that's a reason to bet. Yes. That's a good reason to bet. Also, this is a great... And moving out of range advantage just for a second, this is just a great hand to bet because there's nothing we're really afraid of happening, right? Right. And we have jack high. Right. So him folding is a great outcome. Him calling is a perfectly fine outcome. Him raising is a fine outcome. So yeah. that's pretty good. That's if we don't mind if we, if we can bet and all outcomes are at least reasonably good and if not great, that's, that's we don't pretty good love, reason to bet. We don't love him raising. We don't love it, but there's not but the, I mean, what's the worst case scenario? We okay, the very worst case scenario is he's got the nut flush or a better flush draw and we get it all in on the flop. That's very that's pretty unlikely. I don't to know if we're getting I don't know if we're three betting. Well, I'm saying the worst case scenario. Oh, yeah. Right? Because if we're calling, then it's a really easy hand to play that can play out in a bunch of ways, right? But I'm just trying to think like the worst case is we get it all in, he's got the king high flush draw, and we're just screwed. Yeah. I just don't see us getting it in with the stacked up with the jack. It's hard to get it in right here. Yeah. Um, I mean, the thing is, if he raises, we could decide to re raise. And if we decide to re raise, we may ultimately. Yeah, then we have to go with it. Yeah. So, but if we decide if we're only going to call. I mean, so anyway, so this is one possible line. If we sizing, I think we just do. Um, it's seven six deuce. We have a range advantage. It's pretty close though because the cards are lower. I would think we could do relatively straightforward sizing here, relatively normal sizing, which would be about you know about the same amount we like you know forty percent a pot or something like that. What do you think? Uh, yeah, I think that sounds reasonable. Maybe slightly more because it's a little bit of a wetter board actually. So we normally we generally bet a little bit more on a wetter board. We charge them a bit more. Yeah, so draw even though we're the ones who are actually drawing. Yeah, so it makes maybe, it so maybe likely, we go more like makes 50. it less likely that he's drawing. Of course it does, but he can still have you know we have the eight of spades, which is such a key card for yeah. that. But still, it isn't about whether he's drawing; it's about uh, what would we bet on this board normally. You know what I mean? If we had two kings, we bet a little bit more because there's so many draws that he can have. Right? That may or may not be the case for Negreanu. We're not really sure. Um, mm-hmm. What do you think about the idea of checking though? In in general, yeah, like, I was about to get it, to that. It disguises um, your hand quite well when the spades come in. It does. It gives you the opportunity to sometimes check raise, which maybe you, you can gain a little extra fold equity that way. Mm-hmm. And also win a bigger pot if he folds, obviously. Yep. That's fine as well. Um, we can check raise. It's a little weird to check call because we may have to check fold the turn. Yeah, that would be. Which is sort of a weird spot to be in when we just yeah. often don't have to be in that spot. We often get to win if we don't go check call check, you know. But if, it, if a 10 of hearts comes on the turn, we check and he bets 65% of the pot, even 50% of the pot, we may just feel like I can't call profitably here. Yeah. So, and I don't want to check raise now. The pot's too big. Well, a 10 so of I don't hearts, like check. I don't like check call check. 10 of hearts gives us a gut shot. So we probably. Okay. Bad example. Yeah. But you see what I'm saying? Yeah. Right? King um, of hearts. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so check call check, I don't think is a good line for us to take most of the time. I don't I like that line. I agree. Um, check raise is interesting. It does open us up to getting ourselves in a lot of like getting blown off the hand once yeah. in a while, but it's going to happen pretty rarely too that we actually get blown off the hand. Right. I don't even know if Bonomo's going to, um, 
if Bono has a set, is he really going to just go with it? Meaning, not, not saying he wouldn't want to go with it, but is he going to think like, I mean, unless Daniel has two pair, am I even going to get, or, or a combo draw, how am I even going to get it in with him right. here? Maybe I hope he has aces and decides not to fold. Like, that's where we're at, you know? So he may actually slow play and get us, we may get to the turn anyway, even when Bono has us in trouble, you know, which is not so bad. So check, I like check raising better than check calling. Yeah. As a result. Another problem with checking is sometimes Bonomo is going to check back and then we're kind of in no man's land if we miss on the turn. We are in no man's land. However, if a spade comes, if a jack comes, if an eight comes, it's hard to put us on most of those cards. I guess a jack is the most likely card to you put, put us, us on. a jack or an eight if we decide to bet that. I guess we could have an eight yeah. if we suddenly bet the turn. Um, if, we have a, if a spade comes, it's really hard to, b- to believe we have a flush. Right. Really, really hard for us to check out of position after having raised. So that's, that's a benefit for sure. Yeah. So check to check raise or check to donk. Not donk, sorry. Just bleed out on the turn. Bet, um, bet, bet most turns if it checks through is not a bad plan either. Yeah. What do you think is optimal? I think betting is probably optimal. Got to be, right? I like fold equity with jack high. Yeah. We want to be able to check this sometimes because some t- we want to be able to check this because we are going to be checking this board sometimes with some of our yeah. range. And so we need to be able to check it with a hand like this some of the time too. Maybe some we, of our flush draws. Maybe we check with flush draws that we're more comfortable getting it in with so we can check raise and like not oh, fold. That's kind of cool. So like um, the nut flush draws and things yeah, like that. Yeah, or if you have eight nine of spades or something like oh, that. Oh, yeah. The big combo draws and the nut flush draws yeah. is pretty cool to do that with. Um, and then, yeah, also ace, doing it with um, the ace high flush draw is nice because it can go check, check, and we can have the best hand yeah. and not be as worried about it just like no money going in and us losing or us lose. We can call a river bet if it goes check, check twice or something like that. You know, it's, it's easier yeah. to play in a well, lot of ways. Negreanu is going to bet. Okay. But his sizing is very small. And oh, yeah. we saw this in the blind versus blind hand against Nick Petrangelo in the uh, super high roller bowl mm-hmm. where Negreanu bets super small. I think he bet one-fifth pot on the flop. Here he's not betting quite that small, but it's small. He's betting forty-five into one seventy-five. That is insanely or small. Yeah, insanely small. But Weirdly, you were, small. you were thinking he would size it even a bit more yeah. than traditional. I was thinking like fifty-five percent of the pot or something. Yeah. So this seems like to be something that Negron has been doing. Yeah, he's really he's really doing some different stuff, which I actually think is great. Yeah, like, good for him. You got to do some weird stuff to guys like to the to the best players in the world. You can't do obvious. So, so as long as he has a reason and a plan for this. Is the reason just like, I'm going to bet this board a lot, and so I'm going to bet small? I'm always going to bet small because I'm going to be betting this board a lot? Maybe. Maybe he feels like with the big preflop sizing, he garners a bit more fold equity with a smaller bet postflop because his range is tighter in Bonomo's eyes, perhaps. If you're Bonomo and you have king-queen, you're not going to fold for 45,000, right? You're not. Like, you're definitely calling. Yeah. Like, we we have the king of spades. We have the king of spades, yeah. So that's that makes it even more obvious. But yeah. even if we had two, if we had king queen of hearts here, I can't imagine we just throw it away, right? Probably not. We could consider it though, actually, with no backdoor equity. Yeah. I guess we could consider it. Just like, what if I'm screwed? Yeah. Yeah, maybe we do throw it away. We have, we have to. Okay, so we at least probably we call though, just to make Daniel's life harder. You yeah. know, we're in position. We he may give up a lot on the turn. That's our kind of a board, not his. So actually, maybe we call for that. You know, we're floating him. You know, like like a true float. Yeah. Though. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, that, that's something that Negrano's got to realize with his sizing is that he's going to get played back at a lot more frequently when he chooses the sizing. It yeah. Seems. And played back could mean a bunch of different things, right? Yep. It could mean someone, you know, playing back at him right now, i.e. raising, but it could also mean they call to make a play later. Yeah. But both of those are definitely count as playing back. And he's, he's, he's looking for that. He's, he's definitely, or he's inducing that. I should say, I don't know if he's looking for it, but he's definitely inducing some of that with the sizing. Well, he did induce it. Bonomo raises yeah. right away. He could just call. You would think normally that would be the play. It's interesting to decide to race, but maybe he just thinks on this board, it's like, it's more him than Negranu. So he raises to 175K. And really my is. question is, can he rep one pair of hands? Is like, because of the sizing, because mm. of the dynamic between the players, can he have a more expansive value raising range? Can he have King 7 suited here in his range? Because Negranu just bets so darn small. Yeah, and is he, is he selling that well enough? Or is Negranu going to call with all showdownable hands because there's just not enough value out there? He's got to have two pair of better I, I don't know. I mean, if we raise with King Seven, let's just let's just play it out. We're hoping to get caught. We're just hoping to get heroed by a lot of Negrano's range. Yeah, which we assume is going to happen a lot more frequently because Negrano is aware of the sizing that he chose. And it's a wet board. Yeah, it's really so that way. If we raise, if we're sitting there, we're like, well, we're going to raise a lot of flush draws. When he bets this little, maybe we're going to raise almost all our flush draws and straight draws and things like that. And that means we're going to raise our strong hands, but it means we have to raise more value, and so that we have to find more value. And top pair becomes a big part of that. 
some of the time at least, right? Yeah. Um, I don't know if in practice that's really happening. Neither do I. I just, like normally, I mean, that's not standard, right? In this spot, I would, I would say not standard to race yeah, top I'm, I'm, I'm just kind of questioning this yeah. race. I mean, it feels like besides 7-6, I don't know what we have except draws. Sets. We could have sets. We could. We could have any of the sets. It's true. Um, but there's not very many combos of the sets. And we can have all the seven sixes, right? So yeah, that's pretty good. There's nine, calling, there's nine combos of both, actually. I assume we're calling 6-7 off pre-flop, even though the sizing was pretty big. We're too deep and yeah. we're in position. There's no way we're not calling. There's no, we're just in bottom. Well, for sure, we're calling 7 six. All right, so we have 18 combos of obvious value and then like... The rest is maybe stuff. And obviously, we're going to be raising some draws because we're raising with our backdoor draws, which is really just a bluff. Yeah, we got overs and a backdoor draw here. That's it. So we're pretty bluff heavy here. The thing that's nice about the backdoor draw, of course, is if a spade comes in, now it turns out this would not work out super well, but if a spade comes in as Justin with the king of spades in our hand, we feel we can rep spades. Yeah. Um, it's not going to work against Daniel. I don't believe it'll work no matter how much we bet, no matter how we play it. I just don't believe he's going to fold a jack high flush if it only one more spade comes. Yeah, I know? don't see it happening. And even if two come, he might not be folding. Well, that's good. Yeah. No, we like that. Actually. That's true. But 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 to plan for yeah. that is crazy, obviously. Um, we wouldn't be tr- that wouldn't be what we'd be targeting. We'd be targeting all the other stuff. He, like if he's got two tens and a, you know the, the jack of spades comes off, even though Negrano has this in his hand, but we don't know this is Bonomo, um, we could bet... And Negrano could be like, well, that jack shouldn't hit him, but the spade part of it really hits him. And when he chooses to bet again, that's really hard for me to call. And then Bonomo could just, even if, even if Negrano does decide to call, maybe he has the ten of spades in his hand or something, um, and a brick comes off on the river, the deuce of hearts or something, Bonomo just bombs the river, and it's like Negrano just can't really call with very much. But he, can call, he can't call with two tens. It's hard to call with two tens, but he can certainly call with the jack high flush. Yeah, so he can. So, I don't know. This feels like a bit of a questionable race, just because the, the value doesn't seem that obvious. Mm-hmm. I mean, as, as Bonomo, we're gonna, what are we gonna, assuming we get called, now we know Nugano's not going to fold based on his hand. Right. Um, and by the way, we'll just spoil it. Darren Nugano does just call. He does right. not re-raise. We can talk about what we want him to do. Yeah, well, we, we sort of talked about that a little already. But as Bonomo, what's our plan on turns? What turns are we looking to continue now that we've been called? What turns are we looking to check back? We're definitely continuing spades. 100% spades. I think we're betting kings and queens. Yeah. I don't think we're betting board pairs in general. It's harder to... Yeah, because if, if we had 7-6 and Negreanu calls, then he has some over pairs. The deuce pairs, we check that back, right? Yeah. Almost always. Yeah. Um, also, it's just like if Negreanu calls, he's yeah. got a lot of a piece of the board. No and, question about yeah. it. Yeah. No question about it. And like we have to have full houses usually in the board pair for us to have something here. Yeah. So board pairs don't make a whole lot of sense. What are we doing with like the nine of hearts? I think we're probably not betting the nine of hearts. It seems like a bad card. We probably aren't betting aces either. No, we shouldn't bet an ace. Yeah. Um, okay. So we're looking for spades, kings, queens, jacks. We probably bet. Why would we bet a jack if we're not betting a nine in your mind? Uh, jack doesn't complete any draws mm. or hit anything that had a draw unless it's the jack of spade. I mean, we could be trying spade. to rep the open ender if a 10 comes. We yeah, could we have, could. We could have 8, 9. We could. I mean, of course, Negrano can have that too, but that, that is, it's sort of like repping spades. We could also rep the open ender that way, I guess. Yeah. Um, I guess if a 3 comes in or a 10 comes in, we could rep the open ender. Yeah. I mean, obviously, there are other straights as well, but it gets a little funky. Um, yeah. And I kind of like the idea of checking back a lot once Negrano calls a raise because, like, he's often going to call the turn now, right? He has something. And but we kind of have to bet spades, which is oh, yeah. no, not no. good in practice, but makes sense. For sure we're betting spades because even if he has something, he's going to have to consider folding now. Yeah. If we hit a king or a queen, that's almost always the best hand. Yeah. Almost always. And so we should at least bet that once. You know, we could, we could, I guess, decide sometimes to check that back and bet the turn or call the turn, but call the river, excuse me, and bet the river. But I think mostly we should bet it because Negrano's going to sit there and like, well, now I don't know. What, like, now what do you have? Like, a queen came off and you bet. Like, either you have the strong value or you're just bluffing and you don't know what to do and you've got yeah. your draw. And so, yeah. So I, I, I like this plan. So we're actually not going to bet that much on the turn. We're only going to bet, you know, like a, a little more than a quarter of the deck, like 30% of the deck, something like that. So what do you think Negrano should do here? I mean, yeah. Obviously, the, the default is just called because the stack depth is awkward for a three bet. I mean, and how much did Negrano... Uh, sorry, but Justin made it how much? 175, and Negrano started the hand... Bonomo started the hand as the effective stack yeah. with 1.92 million. So. And he already put in... So he's Bonomo's put in a quarter million total. 
now. Yeah. Like, uh, we could price ourselves out of being able to call as Nirano unless we three bet huge, which seems like a disaster. No. If we three bet huge and Bonoma moves in, we're in bad shape. Like, if we make wise. it 800,000 and he moves in, we're like, what now? Yeah. Oh, my God. Calling is awful. Folding is awful. Yeah. We can't do that. We could, we could three bet small, but then we'd have to fold anyway to most four bets unless he, unless he clicks it back or something. Yeah. Um, it's relatively cheap. It's okay just to call. I don't know. This is this not a good spot. I mean, in terms of just like trying to figure out how to play it, it's not a good spot. Right. The only reason I would even consider three betting in the first place is the initial sizing that we chose. Yeah. If we had bet 75K and we got raised, I don't think I would ever think about three betting. But now we might be inducing something. Yeah. Um, the other concern I have is by just calling here, if a spade comes off, what's our plan? Are we just going to bet? We're going to just donk into him now? Like, what's he going to do? If he's got 7-6 and the king of spades comes off. I think we got to check spades because I think a lot of the time that Justin is bluffing, which if we're giving him a more traditional raising range, he's going to have a lot of bluffs in his range Yeah, because there's not that much value out there. Mm-hmm. So I think we check and hope he continues bluffing on spades. To, like, and, rep the spades. That was part of his plan. So we bet. So we check. He bets the turn. We call. River is a brick. We check again, I guess, and hope yeah. he keeps go. Hope he bets one more time, and probably just call unless he sizes it super tiny. Or yeah, something like that, that sounds right. Okay, that's a reasonable plan. All right. Um, okay, so calling calling feels like the safer play in a lot of ways. Also, we are only three people away from the money here. Like, it's not like we're like it'd be yeah. sort of a shame to blow up right now if he flopped a set. You know, it would be really a shame to to blow up and be against even king queen of spades. You know, just like yeah. wow, we're in bad shape. Yeah, and Bonham was like, I call. Like, yeah. you know, he's like, I'm behind, but I call. Like, yeah. whatever. It's fine. I'm, I'm ready to gamble because I don't care. I'm yeah. just in freaking Bonham. I'm rich. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Negrano decides just to call. Seems like the standard play. Yes. There's now 515K in the pot. So that raise made it a, you know, sizable pot. We're often going to learn a lot about Justin's hand on the turn, depending on, if, especially if a brick comes off, right? If he decides to bet after we call a raise, that's powerful and meaningful. Right. Now, sometimes he's bluffing, but he's going to bluff less. Well, the turn is not a brick. Yes. Yeah. Uh, seven of clubs. Pairing, not a brick. Pairing the top card. Yes. Now, that's better for Negranu yeah, than Justin. Negranu certainly has a range advantage at this point, unless Justin's raising his king seven suiteds and those type of hands on the flop, and Negranu knows about it. You know, even if he's raising his king seven suited, he's probably not raising his eight seven suited and right. his ten seven suited. And like Negrano's got more sevens than Justin when it goes raise call for he sure. He absolutely does. So it's a way better card for Negrano. They both know it. Yep. Yep. And now it, it, it significantly reduces the number of traditional value hands Justin can have, mm-hmm. removing a, a bunch of combos of the six seven and sets of sevens. Right. We're down to. S- uh, six combos of six seven and yeah. one combo of quad sevens. Yeah, you know, and there's still three combos of pocket sixes. There's still three combos of deuces. We're not sure he's going to play them all like that. He may be three betting sevens. He may be three betting sixes at least some of the time. Maybe even deuces some of the time. Um, Pre flop, he may not always be raising those on the flop, but we'll assume he is for argument's sake. But so, yeah, combo wise, there's not a lot left for him to really have that's super strong. He can have them. But there's not a lot. What do you think about Negranu donking on this card? I think it's an interesting idea. I think it's a good idea because we love him to fold. And yes. it's a reasonable representation of a seven. Justin's going to check back so much on this card. He is. Now, he's going to call with a lot of his range. Now, not this hand. But a lot of the range he raised with, he is probably going to call unless we really size it big. Right? Like, if, if he's got it's, spades... It's a multi-street plan, I think. Okay. Yeah, it has to be. Because if he's yeah. got spades and overs, he's calling. If he's yeah. got king-queen of spades, he's definitely going to call. Unless we size it crazy big. Right. If he's got an open-ender, he's probably calling, too. And Again, because it's hard to believe Negrano's got very many uh, full houses. When he when he just calls the raise on the flop and donks here. Like, yeah. He almost never has a full house, right? To play right. That but way. he can easily rep a seven and say, like, mm-hmm. I have a seven and I'm definitely not folding a seven. Right. You know. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, no. So we can, as Negrano, which is kind of nice, set the price for the turn instead of... So we get fold equity as well as set the price instead of giving Bonomo a chance to blow us off this hand. And it would be nice to uh, to fold out Justin's actual hand, which we are currently behind, but, he, but Justin's bluffing, you know? Like, and by would, the way, if Justin, nice. if Justin raises us here, we may, we're probably drawing dead. Yeah. We're often drawing dead, right? Yeah. So Because it really looks like we have trip sevens. Yep. And he's not gonna he's almost never gonna be bluffing if he raises, and he's almost always gonna have trip sevens in jail. Yeah, he's gonna have deuces full a lot. Yeah, you know. Seven, six, whatever. Yeah. He's gonna have a really big hand. Yeah. So, so I really like a donk here, actually. Yeah. Now that we're talking about it. But decides, I don't think I could come up with that in the moment. Yeah. That's a hard thing to do in the moment. It seemed pretty obvious to me when I yeah. just thought of it. Hmm. But I don't know. Negrano decides to check, which, you know, 
uh, that's playing in flow and such, but I am concerned now that we're going to just get priced out of this pot so easily. I know. But at the same point, we know as Negranu, um, Justin's probably checking this back a lot. Yeah, least. I mean, like, he really is going to check this back a like, ton. He's maybe he's going he's gonna to bet his full houses, and everything else is going to check back. So maybe as Negranu, we actually can check knowing if Justin bets, we can fold comfortably. If he checks, we can bluff comfortably on the river. Yeah. That's actually pretty reasonable. Now yeah, that, that is. I actually really like that plan as well. Yeah, that's also a good plan. I agree. The one good, re- the one good thing about donking the turn is it, it's not the kind of thing that happens very often. In um, at these high levels, you know what I mean. Like players don't donk the turn after they've been raised on the flop almost ever. Right. So to do that is just like messing with the dials in a good way with Justin Bonomo here in a spot, by the way, where there's lots of good rivers for us, and it's going to be hard for him to call a lot of the time and and so on. But this is this is a good plan too if we think he's going to check back most turns and we can bluff a lot of rivers. That's pretty good. Yeah, it is. And Justin does check back, I believe, for all the reasons that we were saying on, yeah. the, on the flop if, like, the board pairs. Kind of has to check this card and back. And, of course, Negrano has so many more sevens in his range. Yeah. So, yeah, he's got to check back. It's kind of like a give-up time. Yep. The river is the jack of clubs. There's still 515K in the pot. Negrano's just made top pair. It is the third club. Backdoor yep. clubs came in. Yeah. Um, so Negrano decides he's going to go for a little bit of value. And my initial hit on that when we were watching the hand was I would prefer to check here. The question I would have as Negrano is, what are we hoping to get called by That's when exactly Justin raises the, the flop and checks back the turn? Two eights? Ace, ten of spades. Is Jason really raising two eights? Is he going to hero with ace, ten? Hey, you got a player's name wrong again. You're close this time, though. Justin. Yeah. Super close. Yeah. I was picturing Justin. I just said Jason. Yeah. But, um, but you know what I mean? Like, this is part of the problem when there's so many bluffs here. For us to bet. Now, the jack is cool because we often have the best hand. We're actually repping a stronger hand than a jack, though. We are. We're repping trip sevens when we bet the river. We're absolutely. Because that's what we were going to do, right? Yeah. And so, cool, we hit top pair. I understand why Negrano is betting, and I get it, but what's Justin supposed to hero us with except the ace-x of spades? Yeah, and we're not folding out a better hand. No, we can, can we get called by two eights? I don't know if he's going to play two eights like this, but let's just even start with can we get called by them? Um... Or two nines, since we blocked two eights. Whatever. I think it's possible that we can, but I don't think he ever has those hands. In that he's often three-betting pre, and he's rarely raising yeah. post, right? This goes back to the, is he going to raise king seven? Yeah. Is he gonna, you know, but yeah. Um, it's hard for him to have two nines here. So if he doesn't have two nines, he doesn't have two tens. Now we're down to, he has to have raised a six on the flop? Yeah, he has to have like ace six suited and raise Okay, it. I now hate this bet. Right. I mean, I think we're... The only, the only hope we have is for him to put us on miss spades and call us with nut spades. Right. Which is asking a lot. Yeah. It's not impossible, but it's asking a lot. Yeah. Right? Like, because every, like, yeah, we missed our, we missed our straight, we missed our flush. Call me with just ace high. Yeah. Yeah, I don't like this plan. It's not good. Let's check and let him bet all of his misses. Now, when we check again, maybe he can try and blow us off something and we can call. Yeah, this is one of the plays I've seen Negreanu make that I like the least hmm. over time. I really don't like this bet. He bets 180K into 515, which is also kind of transparent with the sizing. Now, maybe he's doing this if he has jacks full also, but it feels a little transparent. I just, I, th- I feel like Daniels was like, have top pair must bet, which I understand because I've been there many times, like, yeah. especially when it goes check, check. And oh my, also, he was probably loading up to bet mentally no matter what came. Sure. Like any spade, like either I have top pair, I have a flush, or I need to bet. And so I'm betting everything. And it's like, yeah. oh, this is kind of fun. Now I get to bet for value right. instead of as a bluff. And you'll he'll never see it coming. Yeah. But, but we shouldn't be betting any of our pairs. We should only be betting spades. Yeah. Spades we can bet, even though it's hard to come up. Because maybe Justin's got some, something. Maybe he can even have worse spades. I don't know. But we can definitely bet spades if we want. We could check if we wanted to, to induce, but at least spades is a very powerful hand that you can't really blow us off of. And yeah. Whatever. We can, just, if Justin had trip sevens himself somehow and was checking it back, if Justin's, I don't know, it's still hard to come up with what Justin can even have to call us with, but a jack is kind of the worst card for us because if Justin somehow has a jack in his hand, it's almost always going to be with a better kicker than an eight anyway. Yeah. So I don't know what Justin's supposed to have. Yeah, this is a bad bet, right? This is a bad bet. Turns out this is a bad bet. I'm surprised, but this is a bad bet. Well, it I didn't matter. know that until we talked. Until we it got shouldn't here. matter. Most of the time, Justin's just going to fold. Right. We were going to. It wasn't going to matter. It, although, if we checked, Justin might have felt the op, you know, like obligated to bet. Yeah. And so that would have been. So it actually could have cost us a bet here. Could have. But guess what? It cost us a bet anyway. Yeah. Something else happened. Yeah. Because th- this hand was not interesting enough. 
Now it is. Yeah. Justin Bonomo is like, you know what, Daniel Negreanu? I'm number one all-time money list. Well, Actually, he, he, he wasn't, wasn't yet. He wasn't yet at the time. He was going was, to be. Yeah. Well, he's like, this, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to leapfrog you right here in this hand. Yeah. He raises, he raises big. Mm-hmm. One million. One million. <laughs> yes. That is how much Justin Bonomo makes it. Yeah. That is a huge race. Negreanu made it 180? 180 into yeah. 515. This is One million. significantly more than a pot size. This race. is kind of cool, right? Because what it looks like, Justin's pretending, oh, you have trip sevens. Guess what? I just went yep. backdoor clubs, buddy. Or I, or I have a full house and I slow played it. One right. of those two things. Um, now, I hope you call in. I'm going to price in such a way that you have to, you have to call. And I, but I bet you Justin is like, thinks he can get Daniel off trip sevens also with this race. Yeah, I no, he this is a terrible raise if he doesn't think he can fold out trip sevens because Negranu, while we don't like his river bet, we would have liked it if he didn't hit a jack, right? right. Like because we thought he was gonna try to rep trip sevens a lot because it makes sense to rep trip sevens. Yeah. It's easy to rep because it makes so much sense in the context of the hand, which means that Justin probably believes that Negrano has trip sevens a fair amount of the time here. Yeah. And, and that's why he sizes it so big. He's saying, I want you to have trip sevens right. with this race. He's, so, he's saying, you're, not, you're, you're always going to call because you're Dan Negreanu, blah, blah, blah. But the truth is, there are three off the money. It's 100K buy-in. They've been playing for a long time. They've been playing for a few days at this point, right? Like, Dan doesn't want to... Like, Trip Sevens is, is a fold against most players most of the time in this spot. Yeah, now, of course, this is not a lesson that you should necessarily take to a $100 tournament and decide, like use all of these combinatorics and, and think, okay, I should raise and try to get my opponent to fold trips on the river. Right. It's not going to work against your average player. It's not. They have yeah. to be good enough to fold here. Yeah. Um, and of course, you shouldn't be folding trip sevens against guys who are going to use combinatorics against you, like Brent Kenny. Like, Brent Kenny's the perfect guy to bet call, I think, with trip sevens in this spot because he's going to be raising... You know, the ace of clubs here all day long. This is the kind of stuff he does. Yeah. So you just have to call with your strong hands, even though you're sometimes beat and, you know, hope it works out basically right. against a guy like Brent Kenny. I don't know. I mean, Justin's doing it here. I don't know how often Justin's really doing this or not, but Justin is kind of cool. He had, he had the backdoor spade. Yeah. And then he has the fake backdoor club. Yeah. But they're blockers, I guess, really. He's got the spade blocker and the, and the backdoor club blocker. Yep. So that way he can rep either, he can rep any run out of black, black card, basically. And here he is now with the queenest clubs in his hand. He's saying, well, I have a blocker. It's good enough. Like, and, and the story works out pretty well. This is like a reasonable story, I can tell. Well, so we know what he's targeting. We think he's targeting trips. I really do. So what is he trip. repping? He's clearly repping a flush. I or, think or better, I guess. I think but. he's repping 6-7 also. Okay. But if, but if we're targeting trips, there aren't very many combos yeah. of 6-7, and Daniel will figure that out. Right, that's true. I, I got to believe if a club doesn't come on the river, we're not doing this. If it's a red card in the river, we're just not making this Probably play. not. But I want to be able to rep... I mean, he could play 6-7 just like this. He really could. He could, but isn't he often going to... He could bet the turn small, but isn't he often going to bet the turn when Daniel calls a race? I don't know. He'd be. I think the reason to check is he's so concerned that it's like really hard for Daniel to have yeah. anything that he can call with when you have 6-7 here. Like, yeah. You have to have Daniel have deuces full that he didn't raise the flop with. Daniel could have the other seven. Daniel could have big draws. If we don't bet that much on the turn, we can get called. Yeah, but his big draws might fold. Like, depending yeah, on when how the much bears. Yeah. yeah, they might. It's true. So I think it's possible Bonwell could have played 6 7 this way. Mm-hmm. Okay. But a lot of time he's going to bet the turn with 6 7, right? At least yeah. some of the time. This is a good fold or a good bet, raise, whatever it's called. <laughs> if Bonomo. <laughs> has a bunch of random clubs in his range. Like, he doesn't just have the ones that make sense. Like, if he only has the, uh, like, 8, 9, 8, 10 of clubs in his range, this isn't great. It's really hard for him to have a whole lot of other random clubs in his range. Well, he has king-queen off. so He doesn't have clubs, though. He has club. Yeah, I know. What I'm saying is... What I'm saying is I don't think he's raising king-queen and clubs on the flop. He's raising king-queen with the king of spades in his hand. So those random clubs aren't there. He has the same back door with king-queen and clubs. Right. He's not... Oh, I guess that's true. He has the same backdoor. But he can't... But he can't rep clubs on the turn. No, he can't. But he can rep spades on the turn. That's That's the thing. So so he's not repping a back... He's repping a backdoor now, but he wasn't going to be repping a backdoor on the flop when he raised. He's just repping a normal flush. If you don't think he's raising with two random clubs some of the time... I kind of don't. This is... I don't like this raise very much, then. I think he's raising all of his gut shots and better with better two clubs. Yeah. And I think he can have one club a lot. (laughs) But I don't see how he can have two clubs besides that. Yeah, so he has to have eight, nine, eight, ten, four, five, or three, four of clubs, basically. It sounds right, yeah. Or three, five. 
Isn't there one that surrounds them also? Five, eight, oh, you said eight five? You said I didn't eight, five? say eight five. Oh, eight, eight, five. Five. eight five. So there's like six combos or yeah. something? Six combos of that. Maybe five nine, if he calls that preflop, five nine of clubs. Yeah, let's assume he does. Yeah. Okay, five nine. Um, but still, yeah. Pro- probably not four eight of clubs. Do you think he calls that preflop? That I don't know, they're getting... deep enough. I think he does. Okay, call. so then We're up seven, to eight like combos, seven, seven, yeah, eight, seven combos. eight, something like that. Um, so that's something. Plus some six seven combos, which you could play this way. Right. Plus some six seven for sure. Plus deuce deuce, which maybe you play this way sometimes. That's it. I don't think he's checking deuce deuce on the turn. Because Daniel can have the seven now yeah. more easily. That's fair. That's fair. Okay. Um, so some six sevens, these clubs, that's our value. Yeah. Um, our bluffs are... Why are you making a face like that? I'm just trying to think about, yeah, with how many bluffs there are on what there. Well, there we miss, have... Miss Spades. Miss Spades, yeah. Miss Straight Draws. And uh, random cards Some like we weird have. random stuff, yeah, where we happen to have one club in our hand. Yeah. And we now decide to rep it like we did. Yeah. Which clearly is a play that you don't really ever see. No. Like, you see someone doing it, but to go from, we're going to rep the spades, so, oh, I can also rep the clubs, is pretty sweet. But you need to be up against an opponent who can figure this out and, and go with you here. Right. So, Negreanu's hand is the same against Bonomo's range as Trip Sevens. His jack right. eight is the same because... It's just lower in his distribution. Yeah, that's the only difference is distribution. There is, a, there is another difference. There is a difference, yeah. You're right. He blocks, he blocks the full houses when he has uh, a when seven he has a in his seven, hand. Yeah. yeah. That's a big deal. He blocks seven six. Yeah, that matters. You're right. Yeah. Um, yeah, but besides that, it's it's. I mean, it still feels pretty poopy. And as Negrano, we can say, "Gosh, I have so many better hands than this." Like I have all trip sevens here. I have so many trip sevens, and the jack is one of the worst hands. I'm, this may be the worst hand I ever bet for value. And now thinking about it, I probably shouldn't even bet this for value. That you was know? a bad bet. And Negrano does fold. Yeah, I think he's supposed to fold. He's supposed to fold. My question is, if he would actually have folded trip sevens. Like, I'm not sure I'm in love with this raise by Bonomo, the more I think about it. I mean, Daniel is a really tough guy to fold on the river, right? Well, Bonomo used maximum leverage, I guess. He did. I mean, he sized it really big, which, you know, we know Daniel is more apt than to fold. Yeah. He's sensitive to that stuff, for sure. Sure. Uh, And he told at least a reasonable story, I would say. Not an amazing story, but a reasonable story. The thing... Yeah, if it was a if it was a club, actually, I believe now that I think about it, maybe Justin decides if a club comes on the turn, like a nor- not a board pairing club, maybe he can bet that too because we were saying he's going to bet a spade because now he picks up. No, he just picks up a flush draw. No, no, then oh, he would then he, he pick- continue with all his combo draws, all his club combo draws. If a club comes that isn't a, a board pairing club, right? Yeah, like a, a queen of clubs comes. Turns out he has that, but the he had, a queen of clubs comes. He had eight nine of clubs. He would definitely bet that. Yeah. So okay, so he could actually bet um, a lot of clubs and spades. And king-queen. So actually, that, that's a lot more things he can continue with on the turn, which is nice. Yeah, well... If that's part of his plan. I guess so. I just... I don't know if this raise is that good against Negranu when you're targeting trip sevens. Like like you said, trip sevens are different because we block six, seven. That's important. Right. So now, the, like, Justin's... The only thing Justin can really have now is backdoor clubs. Yeah. Or, I mean, obviously, you can, there are a few combos of six, seven. Yeah. Also, but there's just not many. Now there's three combos of yeah. six, seven. It's not much. Three combos of six, seven... Backdoor clubs, which as we just said, there's like seven combos of or something like that, which we're not even sure, by the way, he's always going to raise. Right. They're not, they're not the nut clubs. Um, it's a lot of chips, and the board is paired. Like, if, he's, if he raises n- the nine high clubs, club flush on the river, it's like, what am I getting called by? I guess he's tra- he'd be targeting trip sevens, though. But he probably wouldn't raise this much, right? Just in case. What if Daniel has a full house? Could he have specifically ace five of clubs also because it makes backdoor straight draws more frequently than other clubs. I just would think ace five of clubs is going to call so much more on the flop than raise. Yeah. I'm just wondering if that could be in the raising range because there's so many cards that gives it an open under or gut shot versus other types of clubs. I mean, it could be, but usually traditionally the good players just call in position with that hand, especially when the bet is that cheap. Yeah. You know, and, and worry about it later. And it's like, I can always, I can always raise the river. I can always do things on the river if I need to. Daniel's going to check a lot of turns. I can bet, you know, like I'm going to get, a, I'm going to pick up a lot of equity on a lot of turn cards also, which I can do whatever I want with. And it's going to be yeah. great. So usually they're just going to call. Not saying they can't raise, but you got to be careful. If you're raising too many hands here, you're going to get picked off, you know? Yeah. That's why you got to raise King Queen off. <laughs> I mean, this is a good point that you make for sure. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I feel, it kind of boils down to Bonomo is saying, I think you have trip sevens and I want you to have trip sevens. 
That's what this boils down to. I just don't know if it's an effective raise against that hand when it's Negreanu. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure. Yeah. Could it also be Bonomo's trying to fold out a um, the nut flush draw and stuff like that? I mean, obviously, he's never going to call this bet, right? So it's, yeah. it's only raise or fold. But if he thinks Negreanu's going to bet all his misses now, too, on the river, which he might. He might. Because now, in fact, we were saying Negreanu was going to bet all his misses. Yeah. So now, oh, okay, I have a blocker. I might be able to fold it, even the premium hands that Daniel has. But I can also fold out all the misses, which I can't really feel. I don't feel comfortable calling. You know, even though I beat the straight draws, I lose to the nut flush draws. I lose to some other weird yeah, stuff. Yeah, you got you to be folding out trip sevens for this to be a good race. I mean, I agree. I agree. Because as we said, we don't even like this bet from no. Daniel. Like, we don't think you should be betting a jack here. No. Especially a bad jack. Well, Bonomo gets to win. And, yeah. Um, it's a weird, cool hand. And then he gets to win for the rest of the year, every time he plays. That's right. He does not actually win this tournament. He finishes second. It wins $1.1 million. Kerry Katz actually ends up winning. This is all on... Uh, PokerStars channel, if you want to check that out. Not that they're a sponsor, but it is a pretty wonderful video and worth watching. Negrano ends up finishing fourth. Gets very unlucky. He actually gets it all in against Bono. I think, I think Negrano's got like ace-queen. Bono like insta-calls for like 20 blinds with uh, ace-nine. And Rivers and nine. Otherwise, Bono would have been out like in sixth place. Um, that guy's terrible. And Negrano was like, whew. He, he was not thrilled about that. And no. Then, and it goes out not too much later once he gets I you. would not be thrilled about that either. No, you know. A lot of, lot of all-ins were the bad, the worst hand, you know, got there in that tournament at the final table, I'll tell you. Well, Bonomo, making it happen. Yep. The end. Music is my sunlight, and all I need is one mic. And I can show every single MC how it's done right. Every time I come by, I'm bound to leave them so tired. I'm sipping on liquor, a quitter is what I'm not. We got one life, and I took a minor break, but I'm back to claim the throne. I'm gonna be traveling the globe, we still have time to make it.